Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is a podcast from The Times. Go to thetimes.co.uk. Thanks for joining us. Uh, it's another edition of uh, the Game Podcast Bonus, and um, I'm delighted to uh, to be joined by uh, by Peter Lanza. You know, um, those of you who may know Peter is, uh, is our man in the Midlands, and uh, Peter, I think it's fair to say you've always taken quite an interest in uh, in youth football as well as women's football as well. But uh, today we'll be talking about youth football and, and youth development. That's right. Yeah. Now I've been. I've uh, got. You know. My. Level one coaching badge in 2005 when the, the Times said they'd do a nice piece on me doing the badge, and then you know it became a bit of an addiction. Got into it with my own kids, going off after this to uh, help Brassington Primary School have a couple of matches this afternoon, then help Worksworth Colts under 13s train later on this evening. And um, the fact that we now have St George's Park in um, Burton upon Trent opening next summer. Um, is extremely exciting. Um, I mean, I think it's really exciting for the whole football nation. And personally, I just can't wait to, um, you know, sort of have opportunities there and to uh, see what it does for English football. Yeah, can you? Uh, well, first of all, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised and and, and very impressed that um, you're you're so involved in the coaching. So I didn't realize it was quite to this degree. I knew you had your badges, but. Um, in, in terms of the, the, the National Center at Burton-on-Trent, I mean, it, it seems to me that a, a lot of times, um, you know, we, we tend to sort of talk about a recipe for the entire nation. Of course, the FA used to have a national center, then they went to more regionalized um, centers. Now we're sort of back to the national center uh, concept. I'm sure it's state of the art and everything. Is the idea to have sort of a a, a Clairefontaine type environment? Um, it, this is more for, this is more for the coaches than well, it's for the coaches as well as the players. Let's put it that way. And the, the difference from Lillishaw will be that um, that was where you know. Um, Travis Sinclair and all the best 14, 15-year-olds went and lived, learned, and tried to learn to be an England footballer. Um, this will be very different now with the, the um, elite player performance plan. The development of the best young players has been handed over now as of next season. You know, there's no, no longer any battle. That is now the domain of the Premier League football clubs. They will take the best kids. Um, when they pay enough for them or not is another matter but they'll develop them there we hope then that Manchester United will keep developing great young England players then of course they can come and when all, all the England development squads and the England senior team will come and they will do their training at you know absolute state of the art facility at St, George, at St. George's Park um, but more important than that we will have one hub one learning hub where everyone can gravitate around and get involved they'll be putting on coaching courses you know right from the grassroots upwards 
and those people who get up to their sort of level three UEFA B will will find increasing access to all the facilities there. That can only help the coaches get better. Then the coaches can go back into their clubs, whether that be Manchester United or Worksworth Colts, and be a better coach. The idea then is that the kids we get through at all the different levels will improve with their touch, with their development, with their attitude to life, and that therefore we will have a broader base of talent. And instead of having one Jack Wilshere, perhaps we'll have 10 Jack Wilshere's in 10 years from now. Uh, Peter, on the, on the coaching front, I mean, it sounds like it's a little bit like the, the coaching academies that, that they have in, um, in, in, in Holland and, and in Italy. I mean, in Italy, the Academy of Coverciano has been going for more than, than 60 years. It's, it's sort of an academic um, mm. environment. Um, but it takes time to build to that. Um, I, I, what I'm not, well, what I'm, my concern here is that people are going to you know, expect instant results. Uh, at Coverciano, they've got coaches who are like professors and they bring in other ones for visiting professors and they sit there and they watch and they study and they I mean they do all this stuff but you know there's sort of a, a, a body of work that's, that's been built up over over, over six decades mm. um, in the same way that you can't get the, the, the greatest minds in the world and open up a, a university tomorrow and have it compete with Oxford or Cambridge um, are you concerned that people might be expecting too much too soon from yeah, something absolutely. like this? And it, and it is part of um, the English footballing psyche isn't it? We're talking about goalkeepers on the, uh, the podcast on this week um, you know I do think the media and football fans on the back of that jump on things, expect instant results, make instant condemnations or, you know, canonise people. And, and there does have to be a patience with this. However brilliant the facility will be, and when everyone's going in there next September, I think it will just be like a, a wow factor. But there'll be a library, there'll be all the best hydrotherapy pools, the best gymnasiums, a Wembley-like pitch to train on with a 500-seater stand just to watch training. You know, it will be immense. Okay, but so sorry, Peter, mean, but how do all these things, how does it, I mean, just to jump in there, but if we're talking about improving coaching, I mean, how, how does a hydrotherapy pool and, and, and a gymnasium and a nice pitch do that? How are they going to get the coaching up to snuff? How are they going to get the coaching better out of hydrotherapy pools? Well, all these facilities you're talking about, this is the part that doesn't add up to me. I mean, it's great to have wonderful facilities, but it just sounds like a, a very nice training ground for the England national teams. If the goal is to to develop football at grassroots level, as you said before, mm. then obviously has to be an emphasis on, on training coaches to be better coaches and yeah. going back to their clubs and... That's and, right. And, and is, okay, have you well, been impressed what, by their plan for that? Well, what coaches can do is they will have access to all the best, the learning, the facilities, the cross sports, you know, because the other sports are going to look at this, other sports who don't have as much money, and they will be able to go and have an office there, and they will be able to work out of there, the badminton, for example. And then you've got the cr cross fertilization. But you've got... Um, a coach could go in there. So say I became a better coach yeah. and I was going to go on to my level three or I've got my youth award. Maybe they'd let me do my next um, youth module there. Then I would be in one room and up the road there might be Fabio Capello. Now, okay, he's not going to go and teach me how to play 4-5-1 against Spain, but there will be the whole 
cross-section of the coaching fraternity so you can dip in and out of people's knowledge there'll be the whole medical section if there's something you're not sure of there'll be a whole library you can access everything under one roof Peter, um, I mean, it sounds like they've put a lot of money in some impressive uh, uh, facilities there, and geographically, it's also going to be convenient for for much of the country. Um, from what you've seen thus far, what do you think it will take for this to uh, to be a success, um, and, uh, and 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 how will English football benefit from it? I think it's going to be very important that the the top end of club football in this country buys into the centre. If a coach from a Premier League, a middling Premier League club gets sent to St George's Park, maybe, you know, their age-appropriate age coaches, 5 to 11, go and work there, and then perhaps they're working alongside an age-appropriate coach from Manchester United, someone from Arsenal, someone from Derby County, and maybe they're taking, you know, four sets of eight-year-old and the under-eights in the academy, and they all work alongside each other and share ideas. Meanwhile, the kids are having, you know, the best facilities, and the coaches can compare what they're doing and agree best practice, see best practice there. Then take it back into their clubs. I think that will improve them as coaches, and then it will improve the kids that they're bringing through at their different clubs. Peter, um, it sounds like an ambitious project. It's, uh, uh, it's certainly very encouraging that the FA are, are thinking about this because uh, I think if there's one thing we can safely say over the past century or so that um, football and the way we think about football is constantly evolving and, and a national centre like this can be a good way to collate all that knowledge and, uh, and, and sort of adjust and, and, and grow with it. Um, Peter Lansley, thank you so much for joining me. No problem.